Uh, let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for this chance that we have to share it with your people. Uh, God, guide us that we may be faithful interpreters of you. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome uh, to uh, a slightly uh, stripped-down uh, version of uh, Scripture Talk. Uh, it is just uh, Brandy and I uh, this evening, so I am uh, Pastor Trey Comstock. Um, with me, as ever faithfully, is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley from the Monastery. Uh, and uh, you join us um, on um, uh, a kind of extra special edition of Scripture Talk uh, for another reason. This is our last show for the year. Um, we will not have programming note up at the top. We will not have a show um, on December the 28th. We are taking a streaming vacation. Um, none of us, I think, are actually going on vacation. Uh, we are no. just taking a vacation from our streaming ministry just to give us a little bit of rest uh, before the new year. We have worked extremely hard uh, throughout this pandemic uh, trying to bring as much content as possible uh, to you, um, our dear congregation. Uh, but that does mean we need a little bit of rest. Also, I have to move the studio um, from this room um, about 30 feet that way um, into what was supposed to be the formal living room of this house that is going to become the giant studio because a baby needs to go in this room. And that means, anyway, so like I've got to tear all this stuff down and it gives me a week to do it. Um, gives us all a week to recuperate because I suspect after live nativity, a full week of streaming, I've got three worship services um, this week and three different sermons. We're all going to be a little tired. Uh, I'm already a little tired. I had a, I installed an AV system uh, today. So I'm already a little tired. So this gives us a break. Um, so yeah, no show next week, but we'll pick back up bright and early in the new year on January the, f I guess that's the 4th, whatever mm -hmm. the first, whatever the first Monday in January is. I, yes, I should have looked this up before I committed to it. We'll be back on January the 4th with another fun-filled edition. Um, but we ha still have one lovely show ahead of us for 2020, um, the year that feels like it will never end. Um, I almost, like, Yes, I almost want to be like live on the internet just to watch the year tick over um, and celebrate the end of 2020 because uh, 20, God, I just need 2020 to be, 2021 to be better. It's coming, friends. Um, but to round out um, our year on a joyous note, uh, we are going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. It is essentially the verses that immediately come after uh, the birth of Jesus and the shepherds and the angels. This is the kind of, what is next? When Jesus, when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the in the in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Okay. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, 
Simeon came into the temple, and when parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed um, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of, of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage. Then, as a widow, to the age of eighty-four, we can all agree that that is a great age. Yeah. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom and the favor of God, and the favor of God was upon him. So there, there's a number of things happening in this scripture. But one of the really kind of important themes that's woven through this is setting up Jesus and his sinless existence, right? That you look at that Mary and Joseph were not missing any step. That if, again, that if Jesus is about God's righteousness and, and about God doing something really important in the world and about living a sinless life, you then need to see uh, the right rituals being observed and the right things being done in the right steps. And so part of what is woven here that Luke keeps pointing out is they did this, and that was according to the law. And they did this, and that was according to the law. And when this was over, then they went back to Nazareth, right? So you see these images of Jesus living um, this holy, righteous life that even from the minute go, he was living exactly as the law would require him to do, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because, again, part of what is happening in Christ is that he takes on the sin of the world even though he is sinless himself. And so that is part of it. The other part of it is you see these two people, you see Simeon um, and you see Anna, seeing clearly who this child is and immediately jumping all the way to the end of the story, right? To the story mm -hmm. of salvation, to the story of the consolation of Israel, to the story of the redemption of Jerusalem, and a nod to the cross, right? That this is going, he is going to be opposed and that there will be deep pain even in Mary's soul. Uh, because of what is going to happen in this child. Uh, an another perhaps strike against Mary, did you know? Mary maybe didn't know at the moment of his birth, but at least in Simeon's thought is like, hey, uh, what's going to happen is going to hurt. And so you see, like, A, you see a righteous life being lived. 
and B, you see these two people that inspired by the Holy Spirit jump straight to exactly what this child means in the big picture, not just in the small picture. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, fast forward in the tape is kind of similar when you were saying about them following the law that at Jesus's baptism, because yeah. him living a sinless life, he really didn't need to be baptized, but yet right. he, he did that everything would go according to what we need to do in the, in the path of salvation. And um, being in, in that position of you don't have to, Mary and Joseph wanted to make sure that everything was followed to the letter or what he needed to do to get himself right with the law, you know. But that's what I was thinking about when you said that, that, well, he didn't have to go through all that, but he did because it's required. So and again, and, and, and who knows how much how much Mary knew, right? Who know how much, how much of this Mary and Joseph understood and how much of it is just, they themselves are very righteous people. That's how they end up in the position that they're in, right? Because of their faith in God and because uh-huh. of the depth and strength of their relationship and their understanding of what God is doing in the world. And so some of maybe what we see is, well, Mary and Joseph are righteous. They don't maybe, fund, they obviously understand how special this kid is, but who knows the depth of their theological understanding, but they just go through the rituals, not go through the motions, but they actually believe it, right? Well, of course, we just have a kid, so of course we must do what the law says and go mm-hmm. present him and, and, and go uh, abs- do that, you know, they got to this position because they knew how to do things right, and so once again, mm-hmm. they do things right and they're setting Jesus up you know, making sure that doing always their part, that he may be raised in a holy and righteous fashion. And then, of course, Jesus lives a sinless life from that point forward. But yeah, and yeah, it does connect to that idea of why, you know, why did Jesus get baptized? To fulfill right. righteousness. So that it's that part of part of the point of the incarnation, part of the point of Jesus coming as a human in the first place is to do everything right and to live fully as we live. Not just saying, oh, I don't need to do that part, so I'm going to skip it. Jesus could have skipped all of it. Jesus could have skipped all pain. Jesus could have skipped all suffering. Jesus could have skipped all religious uh, observances, because all religious observances are literally to him, right? Mm -hmm. He is the word of God. Um, God made flesh. But instead, it is to go fully into the human experience, worshiping the way we are supposed to, living the way we are supposed to, feeling all pain, feeling all temptation, and yet resisting all temptation. You know, this really does get to that, like, heart of the incarnation means that Jesus comes and does it all right, does everything Yeah, my aunt aunt has a saying, she said, if you're going to do something, you need to do it right. Don't half at it, go all yeah. the way and do it right, you know. Right. So with him coming into the world the way that he did, he I think I mentioned it to somebody in conversation that he could have came in fully grown, ready to go and do his yep. thing, but he started from the same position that we did from the right. womb all the way. Do it all the way. He wants to feel the same things that we feel and go through the same things that we go through every day. He walked a mile in our shoes. Right. So he so he can save us. He can understand then, us that way. Right. And did it all and it did it all and yet still did it all the right way. He managed to do it 
being without sin, and that sets up the mean, part of the meaning of his sacrifice, right? He died for our sins, yet carried no guilt of sin himself. Uh, and mm-hmm. that, you know, and you just, here you catch a glimpse of of him living that sinless life. And, and, and you know, obviously, when you flash forward to the temptation from Satan, um, you know, his time of preparation in the wilderness, then it gets real. Then you really see, you know, here he's just a baby, but even here as a baby, everything is being done right. He is without sin himself. His parents have raised him in as righteous a fashion as they can manage. And if we know Mary and Joseph for anything, it's that they can do it extremely righteously. Um, and, and that stuff matters, right? It's not it's not trivial that he gets baptized. It's not trivial that he resists Satan. It's not trivial even here that the proper rituals were observed because all of this contributes to that foundation of Jesus as perfect, Jesus as perfect sacrifice, Jesus as, you know, the lamb to the slaughter that is without blemish. All of that, all of these pieces of the story connect to that. And uh, that should, even though I'm not a parent or anything like that, he said, I'm a parent to a four-legged cat in that room back there. But uh, Mary and Joseph sets a prime example of how parents should raise their children. Yes. Yeah. In, in, yeah, in the word. That uh, if Jesus went through what he went through as a child to, you know, the state of law and everything, then we should do likewise with our children. Take time out and show them the Bible and teach them Sunday school lessons and, and so forth and Make sure they're living a, the right life. So that's a prime example that they set uh, in this story. And I, and I can kind of shifting tax and, and looking at looking at Anna and looking at Simeon, which is the kind of the bulk of the material in this chunk of scripture. It like we like to. I guess one of the things I want to do as a preacher is tear down the wall between Christmas and Easter, right? <laughs> that like. Like, again, Christmas has a way better publicist. Easter is way more important because even here at the tail end of the Christmas story, we are immediately looking to salvation, right? Jesus is barely born, barely exists as a living being um, in this world. And already you have Simeon saying, uh, you know, uh, this child is destined uh, for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be the sign that will be opposed. So the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. A sword will pierce your own soul too, right? Like already we are like jumping to the cross that, you know, mm-hmm. if you were to... the you know, we always have, you know, you draw these beautiful manger scenes, often they're barns with snow, no barns, no snow, delete those from your brain. Um, it, Jesus was not born in rural New England. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Uh, cave. In the city of David, in a cave. Cave. Um, in a largely arid region uh, where if it was snowing, someone would have mentioned it. Um, anyways, but... I, I think all of the, like, if you wanted to draw an accurate image of what Luke wants you to know about the story of Jesus' birth, it would be that with a cross looming in the background, right? That you see this, lo- what is a beautiful scene with angels and shepherds and a young mother, um, weirdly not covered in blood, um, although there was blood, friends. Um, it was. You know, 
holding this beautiful baby. Like, the birth of a baby, birth of a baby, any baby is joyous. Certainly, a birth of a baby that is God among us is particularly joyous. But always in the shadow of that needs to be the cross. Mm-hmm. Because that's where this is going. And why it matters that God came among us was both of the things that are pointed to here. That he lives this perfect life and in that way shows us how to live. And then dies on the cross and makes that way of life possible for us. But we can't, you cannot, like, Jesus coming as a baby in and of itself is not the important piece. It is right, Jesus exactly. coming of a baby and then living the life that he lives that leads to the cross is what makes this matter, right? Uh, and like, I guess, you know, welcome... Some year we're just going to do the series Take the Cute Out of Christmas, right? The, maybe Ooh. next year's sermon series should just be entitled Taking the Cute Out of Christmas because apparently that's all I want to do is, like, make Christmas weirdly gory and then point... Always remember that Christmas points toward the cross. But it well, does. we got to re- we got to remember that he's no longer in the manger. He's right. sitting at the right hand of God, the Father yeah. Almighty. You know, waiting for that day to get the green light from God. Say, okay, go get him. But like you said, it it, it has to point to the cross because that was his purpose for him to be born. He was born to die. He was born to save us from our sins. So we got to get him out of that horse trough or whatever he was in, in the manger, and remember where he was destined to. And that's what Simeon was trying to let her know in so many ways. Look out. You're holding salvation in your arms right now, but wait until you get to the point where it's going to get bad to the point it's going to hurt you to the point that it'll pierce your soul. You know, he let he let her know, look out, don't get too comfortable. This child is destined for not just it's destined for everything in this whole world. So we gotta get him out of the manger and remember he's sitting on the throne. He's a grown man saving us. Still have you ever seen uh Talladega Nights, the ballad ballad of Ricky Bobby? That terrible Will Ferrell, it's not terrible, it's, it it is, it is a specific interest. Um, This Will Ferrell movie about NASCAR, well, there's this great, and we've kind of mentioned it on this show, Sidewise, before. Um, uh, 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 Dear sweet baby Jesus, right? So Will Ferrell does this, the character of Will he does this prayer. Dear sweet baby Jesus, eight pound, nine, like praying, and like his, when his like partner driver um, gets really mad at him one day. It's like, he grows up to become a man. He doesn't stay a baby. I just, I like yeah. the baby part. Yeah, we all like the baby part because the baby part is cute. But like, Jesus is not cute. Jesus is a, like a force to be reckoned with that changes the course of all human history and the fabric of reality. And so, like, we can't, like, we can't just, we cannot just be like, it cannot just be, our prayers cannot just be, dear sweet baby Jesus. Right, right. right. Um, this, this this line of Judah is not a lion cub. He's a full-grown lion. He's here to roar. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and the point of him coming as a baby isn't for us to make him cute. It is to remind to remind ourselves the like the depth that ju- that Christ went to understand us, the depth of love that God showed us that the most mighty being in the universe 
came as a baby, right? One of the least powerful beings in the universe. Human, ba human babies come out fundamentally unfinished, right? Mm -hmm. So when we, when we look at biology, biology lesson time, um, All right. human babies come out of mothers, not because they're finished, but because the mother's body cannot bear any more load, right? Human hips are only so wide, okay? And so there's only so much being that's coming out of a narrow space. We're going to leave the bio, like the details of biology there, but like babies come out because mothers can't physically carry them anymore, mm -hmm. not because they're ready to fend for themselves, right? When a baby sea turtle emerges from the shell, they can already swim and feed themselves and crawl across a beach, right? When a human baby comes out, they can't even roll over. They cannot, right. like, they can't, like, I was just on a phone with a friend of mine um, whose daughter is about to go in for a six-month checkup, um, and, you know, as new parents always are, oh, she can't fit, she's not fully able to roll over yet. I'm like, ah, she'll be fine. But, like, babies can't even hold their heads up. Right? Like, when you hold a baby, I'm having to remind myself all of these things as I got one on the way. Uh -huh. um, like, they can't even hold their heads up. Bubble much head. less feed themselves, much less uh -huh. shave, much less curse like a sailor, right? All these necessary <laughs> skills for adulthood. Babies don't come out finished. And so, babies are entirely helpless. They can't hold their head up. They can't roll over. They can't burp on their own right? Um, God, the creator of the universe, came as one of those. Helpless, yes. largely screaming um, beings that have come out underfinished and then take nine more months to get to a point where they can, like, walk, communicate, and, um, you know, eat small objects on the floor. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, take another 18 years to really become sensible. Um, or eight you know, 27 years. What the human brain finishes at. I, this is in the sermon on Sunday. The human brain finishes at age 25, roughly. I think it's 24 for women and 26 for men, but like 25 is how it averages out. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, this is. Uh, I was reading a commentary recently. The scandal of Christmas. The scandal of Christmas is the most powerful being in the universe, comes as one of the least powerful beings in the universe. Human babies are less capable than most of their animal equivalents, right? A baby right. horse can walk within hours of being born. A human baby takes, like, a year to walk, yeah. right? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, like, that. that is, it's not meant to be cute. It's meant to be scandalous. It's meant to show the depth of God's love. It's meant to, again, point immediately to where this story is going. And what Anna and Simeon give us is a piece of foreshadowing that don't get too stuck in the cuteness. Zoom out. Yes, sheep are adorable, if stupid. And donkeys are great, <laughs> except they bite. And babies are cute, except they're helpless, right? And, and, and young yeah, families are adorable, right? It, it's all cute. Lose the cute. Let's take the cute out of... Knock the cute out of Christmas. This is scandalous. This is... Like, this is a ridiculous level of love. 
that God willingly hands over all of this power, all of this might, to become a baby. Would you go back to being a baby? No. Or like, you know, not to shift this to being a bummer, but like, let's be a bummer for a second. Like, one of the great scandals of Alzheimer's is, like, basically a full-grown adult goes back to being an infant. And I'll be Mm -hmm. honest, like, it's something that terrifies me. It runs in my family. It's something that terrifies me. Right? I don't wanna I don't wanna go through that. God, who has a heck of a lot more power than me, chose to do something even more painful than what you are robbed robbed from you in Alzheimer's. Uh, because God can hand over that much more power and that much more ability to become totally helpless and dependent. Um, yeah, yeah. It is you know, it is scandalous um, what God is willing to do for us. Uh, if only we would see clearly what God, the depth of what what this incarnation, what this baby means, and and follow kind of what Anna Anna and Simeon are pointing us towards, um, uh, the direction that this is heading towards. And Anna, I I kind of want to touch on her a little bit because she's at the temple, day and night, night and day, fasting and praying, waiting on the the salvation to come, and the Holy Spirit reveals here he is. Yep. He's right here. Right here. So I, I, I wish I knew where she went from there. You know, we kind of know where, where Simeon's kind of go. He's like, okay, I've seen your salvation. Now I can die now. But I wonder I mean, where she went. I mean, I'll put it this way. She's no spring chicken, right? <laughs> to live to the age of 84, um, did she's no spring chicken. So probably... Anna gets to join the choir invisible sometime soon after. But we know that, like, the the last thing she gets to do, the last thing she gets to see, essentially, in her earthly ministry is, I have seen salvation. Uh, this reminds me of the, like, I had the seminary professor that I talk about a lot, this specific quote of his, um, Professor Puccini, David Puccini, um, <laughs> Brooklyn Sean Connery is his accent. Um, but the core claim of Christianity is to have seen salvation. Well, both Simeon and Anna see clearly salvation. So knock the cute out of Christmas. And remember, this is all about, this is all about the depths God will go to to save God's people. And that is probably as good a place as any um, to end our show for this evening and for this year. Thank Yay! you so much, friends, uh, for joining us on this uh, ridiculous journey that we have been on in 2020. Uh, this because it's not the last online thing I'm doing this year, but this is my last the last podcast of the year. Uh, what a year it has been. Um, <laughs> we have uh, la- uh, when we started this year, we met in a studio um, uh, with nowhere near six foot distance, um, and now we meet via Zoom. But uh, we essentially have had un- essentially uninterrupted service um, throughout this year. Uh, this podcast has been a wonderful constant uh, for me. Um, I am thankful uh, to you, Brandy, um, to our other uh, co-hosts, um, and and to um, all of y'all uh, who listen, uh, whether live or after the fact. Thank you uh, for uh, being a part, at least for me, of making 2020 a lot more bearable than it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, one of the constants I've had um, is sitting down in this studio and talking into this microphone about scripture 
every Monday at six o'clock. And so, um, uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, happy new year. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, please, uh, post it uh, here in, on our Facebook page, um, on our YouTube channel, over on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. You can email us as always, uh, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Um, uh, we would love to hear your feedback, love to read it on the show. If we get any, um, also, don't forget there is an audio only version of this podcast. Just search scripture talk by grace church in your podcatcher of choice. And we will be back with you. Um, I at least will be in the new studio on January the 4th. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Fear not stay well. God is with us. Let's dance. Remind me not to eat McDonald's McNuggets before this show. It is not good for general health and well-being. <laughs>